Welcome to Jetsetra. It's the Winnipeg Free Press podcast about the Jets, other sports, and etc. As usual, I'm your host, sports editor Steve Lines, and also, as usual, I'm joined by sports columnist Mike McIntyre here in my office at 1355 Mountain Avenue, where all things happen. Mike, how are you today? <laughs> this there's lots of hustle and lots of bustle. Is uh, there today? Let's look out there. Are there dogs in the newsroom today? No, but that's one of my favorite parts of coming in here. Uh, for those who are wondering what we're talking about, we do allow dogs in the workplace, right? Yeah, I think lots of places do that now. But yeah, we have a dog bring your dog to work policy. Can you bring your cat? I should check. I don't that. know, but if you Is it had just dogs, we well, allow? that that would seem to be discriminatory, Wouldn't right? It? But check I think that. you'd want to make sure that dog and cat day were two separate days, right? Or else like all hell could break loose. It'd be damn entertaining. <laughs> uh, but I don't know that you want cats and dogs in the newsroom at the same time. I'd be sure for the cats. <laughs> you are more of a cat. I'm more of a well, dog Well, I'd like them both for different reasons. But I, I, I've always been a big fan of a cat's independence. I don't trust cats at all. Can I say that? On yeah, you can say or? that. Yeah. <laughs> They're, the cats are basically giving you the finger on a regular they are. basis. Yeah, you know what I mean? You got to like that about them. Sort I know. Of, there, you know there's I mean? something yeah, kind of admirable like, about them, yeah. And go, eh, I don't think so, pal. Um, okay, so anyways, this isn't a pet cast. It's a podcast. <laughs> Although pet we probably could be, do a podcast. I, I love a pet cast. We have a new pet newsletter for those of you. Do we? Are, we do. It's called Ready, Pet, Go. I like it. I yeah, like puns. It's, it's done by one of our graphic designers, Lisa Dahl who is uh, one of our favorite people here at the Free Press. And um, it's it comes out weekly, so look for that on our website, folks, if you're into the pets thing. Um, you are, Mike. I know you should be subscribing. You didn't get it? You didn't get the initial? No, episode? I'm going to have to. I didn't uh, I, I didn't even get the fan out telling me that I should subscribe. I don't know how they missed me. I, I would seem either. to be the target demo, Steve. Well, everybody is. That's what I said. Right. I did tell them we should just send it to everybody. Yeah. We sent it to 5,000 people. And okay, well, I'll, uh, I'll seek it out. But All right. um, Okay, so this is episode 59 of the Jetsetra podcast. Today we're going to talk about the Jets heading into the final month of the season, uh, what's at stake, what they should be looking at. Still no deals, and the trade deadline is Monday, Mike. CFL players are starting to seriously grumble. I don't blame them. It's Masters week. No grumbling about that. No. And Mike and I both shed some weight. We'll talk about that in our overtime session. So let's get right to the first period, Mike, since we've been babbling uh, on enough and people are waiting for us to talk about the Jets. There's 17 games left in the season, one month. When does the season end? Well, it, it actually is supposed to end five weeks from yesterday May now. May 8th. That's says. a little longer than originally planned because they've had to extend the season. And uh, it's possible they have to extend it even a little longer depending on the Canucks situation. We'll see what happens there. Okay, so the Jets have... Like you look at the standings, they pretty much punched their ticket to the playoffs. I, I'd be hard pressed to imagine Vancouver uh, or Calgary or <laughs> Ottawa making the playoffs at this point. Um, I'm hard pressed to imagine the Vancouver Canucks even playing, frankly, but um, at some point they will. So, <clears throat> excuse me, folks. Um, does it matter, Mike, where the Jets finish one to four? Like, is 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 that important? Uh, what should be the focus of the team down the stretch? Um, you know, I had a few thoughts about it. You posed the question to me. You know, one thing they need to do is get Pierre Luc Dubois tuned up. Right. They've been they've been training him to play a different way since he came to Winnipeg, and he's he's they've got Blake Wheeler mentoring him to do that. And 
And that's all gearing towards the playoffs, for I think. For sure. For sure. Good right? start the other night. Yeah. Dubois had one of his more solid performances. I guess. I mean, I, a couple I, goals. They were he, kind of like lucky. The first goal was uh, some nice chemistry between like Wheeler to find Dubois. And yeah. then I thought it was encouraging that Dubois didn't – too many times this year – when I've watched him, he seems that he's always looking to pass. I like that he just, as soon as he got the puck on his stick, he just shot it and scored. Right. He True. needs to do more of that. True. Yeah. Okay. So um, a couple other things, maybe plenty of rest for Connor Hellebuck. Uh, this is an experienced crew they have here. I think that they, the coaching and players, I think they're going to know what they want to do down the stretch. Is everything though gearing up now, really basically now for the playoffs, right? Absolutely. So that, that first question to me, I don't think it matters one lick if they finish first, nah, second, third, or fourth. I don't think so. Like, Except that I predict them to finish second and you predict them to, to, to finish, finish fourth. fourth. So right. that's important. For bragging rights, for yeah, sure. Yeah. So I'm you know, pulling for second more than fourth, I got to yeah. tell you, just so it's, I can it's lord funny that not, over you. I'm not just trying to split the difference here, but I kind of feel like they're going to finish third. Probably, yeah. Right, like... Uh, because I think Toronto at this point is probably home and cooled uh, when it comes to first. Yeah, Toronto's well, got a. I heard that before once. They're up six now on the Jets and seven on Edmonton. Well, they're on a bit of a run. They are. Um, so you know, it's it's actually starting to look more and more to me like they're going to finish second or third along with Edmonton. Right. Edmonton would is the most likely first round playoff match. Uh, Montreal. I, I don't know. I like Montreal for third or second, and I like Edmonton I like for them fourth. too until Brendan yeah. Gallagher broke his finger the other day oh. and is now out for the rest and of the Carey season. Price is, uh, hurt and Carey too, Price yeah. is hurt too. Yeah. Uh, if they're without Gallagher and Price for any stretch, I mean they're they're going to okay. make the playoffs. But I breaking news from Mike McIntyre. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I think you're going to have to beat if the Jets want to get out of this division. You have to beat two out of Montreal, Edmonton, Toronto anyways, Correct. right? Right. So does it matter what order you play them in or? No, I don't think so. Home ice advantage? Nah. There is no such thing, right? Well, just. Line I matchups, mean, Paul Maurice is so fixated on matchups, but he's got so many options on his matchups now that I don't think it should matter. Right. Um, and there's ways to, to try and get around that and stuff. I mean, there, there's no crowd advantage. The travel's the same for everybody. So... Uh, to me, it should be all about getting your affairs in order. These last 17 games, not that you treat them as an exhibition, but the Jets, I mean, this would be, what, their fourth playoff appearance since they've been back now in 10 years. They had the one in 2015 that ended with a sweep to Anaheim. Of course, the magical 2018 run. I guess we count last year, Steve. Sure, why not? Uh, so sorry, the fifth because they were in the. This will be their fourth straight year in the playoffs. Uh, they, yeah, they, they lost to St. Louis. St. Louis. Um, so they actually haven't won a playoff series right since they beat the Nashville Predators in Game Seven of that second round series. They lost to Vegas in the Western Conference Final. They lost to St. Louis. They lost to Calgary last year. Right. So I mean, we're going on now over three years. Fourteen years. 14 years, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're Paul Maurice, if you're the Jets, this last 17 should all about be all about figuring out how do we get ourselves in the best position to win the and first Now, I get the game. feeling Paul Maurice has been doing that from the drop right. of the puck from game one. Um, you and I chatted about a little bit about I'm going to write about this later in the week. Yeah, for sure. like it's, it just seems to me that everything has been about gearing towards, and, and that's confident, by the way, that the coach felt that his team was going to be strong enough to make the playoffs. Right. But it all seemed to be about getting 
learning to play a certain way, uh, getting your ducks in order for the playoffs. Let me throw something out there, Steve. Is one of the best things that could have happened to this Jets team so far this year is them losing those couple heartbreaker games in the final seconds. I actually think, I mean, it hasn't hurt them in terms of their position in the standings or at least to make the playoffs. I think the way they responded to those losses and how they very quickly just brushed them aside came out with very strong performances, which has been a trend of this team all year, right? There's something like 11-1-1 after a loss this year. That's very impressive. Uh, and that'll serve them well. If they could do that in the playoffs, never follow up one loss really yeah. with another, that gets you into a pretty good place. Um, so I think there's been some lessons that they've learned along the way that that actually have served them well. And like you say... You know, I, I think the one thing that people did not take into account when they were predicting how the Jets were going to do this season was the experience of this team, the right. age of this team, yeah. the veteran veteranship. Is that a term? No, it's not. But I'm, I'm making up a word today. The veteranship, uh, the leadership, um, the these guys, a lot of these players, especially the for, the forwards, were here in 2018. They've been through sure. playoff series. I think that they all have a real good understanding of what it takes to um, win uh, on, a, on, a, on a longer stretch of time just, right they know how to win one game but they also know how to win they, they know how to go six three and one over ten yeah games. exactly Does that make sense yeah you know i was i've been mulling this over this week and the best way that i think i can describe it is this is a team that seems to be really comfortable in its own skin mm -hmm. they know what they are they know who they are and i almost equate it i mean if you think of your own life steve i, I can certainly think in my life where I hit a point in time in life where I just became comfortable with what I was. I didn't, I wasn't necessarily trying to be more than I am or do more than I could. I just, I was, I am what I am. I, I was what I was. And I think maybe everybody hits a point in life and even on a sports Not everybody. Team. No, that's true. Some people, <laughs> I guess, spend their whole life kind of searching for that or pretending to be something they're not or whatever. But I think if you can be comfortable in your own skin and, and you know, work within um, what you have, that's what this Jets team does. They know who they are. They know what they are. Well, yeah, you hear that term. They have that, they have an identity, right? For I mean, sure. You know, and so you've, I mean, it's a kind of a cliche. I'm not sure what it means all the time, but I think that this team, you're right, knows what it is. They know who they are. Right. And they're comfortable with that style of play. Like they've, Maurice has talked about them being comfortable playing a certain grinding style of play. I was surprised to learn the other day that the Jets uh, were averaging a certain amount of hits per game, which was really high up in the league. Yeah. Um, so that, that's been a thing about the team that's been kind of surprising to me this year is that they, they really know how to grind it out. They, they know do. how to grind out a 3-2 win. Um, they, they play hard on the boards, um, mostly everybody. Um, is Nikolai Ehlers ever going to learn how to get the puck out along the wall like ever, Mike? I know that is a uh, that is Sorry. a bit of a Sorry about uh, the issue for sure. Um, little breaking news out of practice: Jets are practicing right now. Blake Wheeler is actually not on the ice; he's the only player missing. So Jansen Harkins, who hasn't played in like a year, it feels that way. Fourteen years, right? He's taking <laughs> line rushes on the fourth line. They've moved Andrew Kopp up to Wheeler's spot. I don't know if this is just. It's interesting because the Jets were off yesterday, so I wouldn't have expected Blake Wheeler to just take a day off today because the team had a day off. But 
he's the captain and i think we all recognize like he, he he's battling something well this is the one thing that you know one other note about what's what's at stake over the last 17 games is is to keep everybody healthy right. and so and to get the rest it's a condensed schedule it's going to be even more condensed because of the connect situation right. so i i i give some guys the day off yeah I agree and yeah. last week there was talk about whether wheeler was going to play the the last game against toronto i think he more or less forced his way into the lineup i didn't really like that like give the you need Blake Wheeler more in May than you do in early April, and you're right. The Jets should uh, should focus on uh, on getting themselves ready for that playoff run. All right, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Cetera podcast. Um, Mike, we mentioned the um, what the Jets should be doing in the last 17 games of the season. Now, one thing that a lot of people say they should be doing is they should be acquiring a top four veteran uh, shutdown defenseman in advance of the trade deadline on Monday. There's still no uh, movement. There's been very little movement in right. advance of the trade deadline all across the league. Um, what's the latest rumblings? Anything? Well, so there was a lot of talk, of course, of Matthias Ekholm. That's the, the the supposed big name out there. You and I talked, was it a week or two ago, about Ryan Ellis? Yeah, last week, I think. Last week. Uh, here's the thing that's really changed. I, I don't think the Nashville Predators are suddenly sellers, Steve. No, They're in a playoff spot. Right. Uh, and what's happened in that division is um, the Chicago Blackhawks have crashed down to earth. The Columbus Blue Jackets are the Columbus Blue Jackets, which is a bit of a mess. Um, the Dallas Stars are just sort of meddling along around 500. So all of a sudden, Nashville's in a playoff spot. And it's theirs for the taking. So if you're David Poyle, why in the world would you be selling, you know, a couple pieces or a piece, um, especially guys that are still under contract beyond this year in Ekholm? Well, depending on what you get, I mean, if sure. you get, you got to look, you got to kind of balance the future and the present a little bit. So I mean, yeah, their their reward, by the way, for finishing fourth is going to be a meeting with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, right. the defending Stanley Cup champs. So I mean, yeah, do you do you put off? A deal just for the opportunity to what potentially go get swept in the first round. I don't when there's no revenue or little revenue coming in anyway. So let me. Do you still think? Do you still think the Jets need to? Basically, I've I've heard some things lately that the Jets are wasting a really really good team if they don't go out right and get a a star defenseman right and and I was just like, well, I mean, defense. The, I mean, defense does not seem to be this team's problem. No. I mean, it really, really doesn't. I know that everybody keeps saying that it is. I'm not sure that I see that. They defend very well. I mean, they, they played a two-game set with the Toronto Maple Leafs where they gave up like three, four goals, right. I guess, right? And, and they've done that against... They did that in Edmonton recently, two games. They lost both, but not because of yeah. the defense, because they couldn't score. Right. And because they couldn't stop McDavid. But even you look back to that that win on that Saturday night in Toronto in that three-game series they played, um, or sorry, the, the, that was the overtime loss. But the Jets really limited the Leafs on that night. Um, so who would you, like, if they got somebody who would... Who would you who would you take out? Who would not play? Right, and that's the question now. Tucker like, Pullman, Logan Stanley, or Logan Stanley. I don't think it's Tucker Pullman. Paul Maurice, Derek is, Forbort, who's. 
been part of your most consistent pair all year. With, seems to be wearing down a little bit. He does. Uh, he does for sure uh, seem to be. So here's here's what I'd like to see then in the last 17 games of the season. I mean, why not? You've locked up a spot. Billy Hanela. Right. And Dylan, Dylan Samberg. Samberg. Let's just see them. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Give these other guys a little bit of rest. Sure. They've and played I, a lot of heavy minutes. They have. And, and to me, that's you, you've got a potential solution in-house. And, and so you do that. And maybe rather than just swing for the fences with a home run, maybe Kevin Shovel Day off by Monday just looks to hit a solid single or double. Um, Nathan Bolio is done for the year. So you've lost <laughs> you've lost a depth piece. Not that Nathan Bolio ever should have gone back into this lineup right. if they were healthy. But the fact is, let's just say the Jets run into two or three injuries. Well, now you don't have Nathan Bolio to plug in there. Right. So now you're, I mean, you don't want to get to the point, Steve, where you're plugging Nelson Noje in, right? Right. Who spent the year on the taxi squad. Right. Uh, so maybe you just go look for a couple of depth pieces. So one name that's been thrown out, curiously enough, is Dmitry Kulikov uh, of the New Jersey Devils. They're, I like Kulikov. I do too. I always liked them. And again... Dmitry Kulikov was a second-line defenseman on this team last year. You would not be bringing him in to be that role. If you brought Dmitry Kulikov in as a seventh defenseman right now, as an insurance policy, I mean, and all you had to give up was a late-round draft pick, why Who's not? playing for the Devils? New Jersey. Yeah. And there are going to be sellers. And by all accounts, he's actually having a pretty solid season. Nothing flashy, doesn't put up a lot of points, but he knows the city, knows the organization. They trust him, vice versa. Uh, it just wasn't in the cards. He's a skilled guy when put when put in the right positions. And he yeah. can play that physical element. Yeah. Um, he can kill penalties. So, yeah, that's a name for sure to watch. You know, there's another interesting name out there, Steve. Um, but the price to me would be, if, if this is what the price truly is, a first round and a prospect, Josh Manson of the Ant. Now, I like Josh Manson. I think, he's, I think he does a lot of good things. Uh, he's 28-ish. Is he Dave Manson's kid? He is Dave Manson. I never Manson's. liked Dave Manson. You did, did not you like, like that? Dave Manson? No, I did not like... really. I don't know. There was something about him that I didn't like. Fun Dave Manson. Josh Morrissey touts Dave Manson as his uh, biggest sort of supporter, protege. He was no. Dave, Dave Manson was Josh Morrissey's junior coach. Okay. Um, Dave's coaching uh, in the dub out in Saskatchewan, but uh, Prince Albert, I believe. Uh, so Josh plays, he has some offense for sure, but a really rugged style, kind of like his dad, really physical. Um, and Anaheim is apparently looking to potentially move him to get younger. They're in a rebuild out in Anaheim. But I mean, if you're the Jets, I don't, I'm not giving up see, a first rounder. See again that this is this causes them problems with the expansion for draft, sure. Though, right? You know he's not a rental, right? He's I, not I a rental. No, I, you gotta you gotta imagine that if Shovel Dayoff gets anybody on on the back end, it will be a rental. Like unless he works something out with Seattle, and right. I would not put that by right. him. He did that with Vegas. Yeah. He he made that deal to yeah. protect Toby Enstrom, yeah. who they left exposed. And I am starting What's to wonder. What's Toby up to these days? He's playing, uh, or actually he's retired now. He, he retired, retired after yeah. last season. Okay, and he yeah. went and played two more years overseas. And honestly, that move sort of backfired, the the protecting Enstrom. They they gave up uh, Chris Thorburn, who's the guy that got picked, no loss. But they did give up a first round, or they switched first round picks. The first round pick, by the way, this is one of those funny connect the dot story. The first round pick that the Jets gave up that Vegas used was to pick Nick Suzuki, who's now a blossoming star center with the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. 
he got traded for Max Pacioretty. Okay. Uh, Ooh. To Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he better turn out to be something because Pacioretty is a heck of a player yeah. for the Golden Knights. Yeah. He's really, he's, he's re, re, rejuvenated his he career. He has. Certainly in Vegas. Yeah. So, uh, and the Jets picked Logan Stanley that year, I believe. Mm. Uh, when they switched, anyways, the, the or sorry, Christian Veselainen. I don't know. I have to. I'd have to go look back. Okay. I've got all my names mixed up. The the point is, I do wonder if Kevin Shoveldayoff doesn't try to protect four defensemen by making a side deal that would allow you. We talked last week on the podcast: Morrissey, Demello, Pionk, Stanley. Yeah, but if you add another guy, like well, yeah, so, now yeah, you've right. Now you've really made it. They they got enough problems as it is. They do trying to keep those four and 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 i don't care what anybody says out there so if, if you have four guys that you <laughs> want to protect like that you feel are really valuable that, to, the, that seattle is going to be licking their right. chops why, over. You, why would you so, add a fifth and, and why would the perception be this that they have a bunch of bad players on defense right like i don't right. get this this has been a a season-long perception of this team that started last year right and it's it seems more based on the fact of the fact that who they lost and I get it. They yeah. lost Tyler Myers and Dustin Bufflin and Jacob Truba and Ben Sherratt. Okay. And now they've got a bunch of other guys who aren't those guys. We got right. that part. We got, okay, we got right. that. They're not those guys. They're not Dustin Bufflin, but they're these guys. And so like Neil Pionk has been great. Right. Uh, you know, Josh Morrissey is, I, I don't know. He's, I don't know what's wrong with or what right or wrong with him. I've he's liked saying, him a little better lately. Yeah, but then, Dylan DeMello to me has been getting better. He's, he's not flashy, but, so, and actually the underlying staff, the analytics community are in love yeah, with Dylan. Love De- him, yeah. They're saying Dylan DeMello is having a tremendous season. Right. Uh, and the, and there's numbers to back that yeah, up. I saw those, so, yeah. you know, the, you're right to me. Hanola, Sandberg, see what you got in those guys. And rather than complicate your cap situation or your expansion situation, maybe just add a couple depth pieces uh, that can help you uh, get where you ultimately would like to go. All right, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Cetera podcast. This is where we have the Et Cetera part, Mike. So um, this week... CFL, a couple CFL players took to Twitter wondering <laughs> what the hell is going on? Like they have no idea what's going on. They don't know whether there's going to be a season. They don't know when to report to training camp. I saw that Vernon, I love the Vernon Adams tweet. Vernon Adams is a quarterback for the Montreal Alouettes. Right. Great quarterback, by the way. Great young quarterback. I've got it here. Edmonton coach really got 500K without coaching a game or practice. Palm to face emoji. Yeah, I love that one. Um, so, um, yeah, the, the, he took a shot at Scott Milanovic. Scott Milanovic uh, got paid a half a million dollars to not coach the Edmonton football team uh, last year and then took a job as the quarterback's coach right. with the Indianapolis Colts, Colts when Marcus Brady became the offensive coordinator there. So there's a whole bunch of other coaches, by the way, Mike O'Shea, who got paid half a million dollars or so right. to not coach not in 2020. For the last 14 years, they haven't coached. Milanovic is more egregious because he hadn't even coached like at all, he hadn't right? Even coached at all, right? No, I know. At least O'Shea, yeah, at least O'Shea got the won the great cup. At least he'd cup. done some work here Help. and won a great cup. Yeah. So uh, and Adams points out, but they wanted Darian Durant to give back his little yeah. signing bonus a couple of years ago. This is nuts. How they do us, he said. So the, the CFL has notoriously, you know, been like this with its players, um, you know, treating them in a way that would be, uh, you know, football's like that in general. 
Um, but the CFL, you know, has cut guys, you know, mid-season and not right. giving them their cash and just been, I mean, because where else are they going to go, right? Do you know what I mean? And that kind of thing. But they've treated their players the worst I've ever seen, frankly, at the worst of times. Times, right. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that they should be paying these guys not to play. I, I'm not, although some guys still got bonuses or whatever yeah. to not play. And uh, But, I mean... Could you not just be a little bit more upfront and honest about what's going on so that these guys can maybe move on with things or do make some plans? Jackson Jeffcoat, Blue Bomber, tweeted as well the other player. day, uh, do not like the feeling of being left in the dark by the CFL about when we will be reporting or even when they might expect us to report. See, it's not just us. A ton of us have to tie up loose ends here in the States months in advance before we can head back. And that's also been a common issue here, Steve, is the communication or lack thereof now is that a problem i mean it, it's certainly directed at the league but is the players association also failing the players a little bit here like are they i guess they're at the mercy of the league right yeah kind of i guess i don't i don't know the uh the the there's a brian ramsey is the executive director i don't know him i i, I the only thing i know about him is that he doesn't return phone calls so um <laughs> to reporters right so um and then yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know who's failing. Who really? To be honest, Mike, I think everybody's failing in the CFL, uh, other than the players. Right. Do you know what I mean? So they're just twisting in the wind here. Yeah. Um, so everybody. Yeah, all of them. Everybody's failing, and and in particular, the people who are still getting paid in a, a pretty good wage. For sure. Yeah. And you know, we're see we're starting to see Steve a few players, and there's been reports that this is this trickle is going to turn into a flood that there are players who are going to pack it in. Yeah, they're just retiring. Right, yeah, that are yeah. like, the hell with this. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate if if players, they may not be in their prime, some of them maybe, but if they're just choosing to walk away from the sport they've probably played their whole lives uh, because they just can't stand the waiting and the wondering and the worrying anymore. Um, there was a GM's meeting yesterday, was there not? I saw a report that News to CFL me. GM's, I believe they met yesterday. I saw one report that the return to play was the main issue being talked about. Shocking. But are we going to hear about any of this? Or are they going to just keep this to themselves? Um, there's just not a whole lot. You know, I, I think back to when the NHL GMs were meeting, like back when we didn't know what the season. Think of all the leaks, Steve. Like we knew what was being planned we kind of could easily follow along don't, you don't see that don't, in the cfl well no I, I just don't get the secrecy it makes no sense like it, it, it's, it's pervasive throughout a, a number of different organizations even from our public health officials right do you mean like right. why not uh, treat us as adults tell us what's going on if you have to change your mind you have to change your mind you know but like just let us know like what's going on like w these players like it, it doesn't really matter to me. I'm still coming to work here, right? Do you know what I mean? But I feel for the CFL players. I feel for CFL fans. You know, the fans still don't know what's going on. I'm getting the sense that a lot of them are not caring anymore. Right. And uh, so I, I wrote a piece in today's uh, paper. It, it was about the NHL and the upcoming playoffs in Canada. But I think we can we can almost apply what I wrote to potentially the CFL, Steve. And that is the situation with the Vancouver Canucks has to be very concerning to anybody that was hoping to open their doors, the rink, stadium, whatever, to fans here in the near future. And I can tell you, True North was very much, they have been quietly preparing for what they hoped would be some fans as early as next month for the playoffs. <clears throat> but 
the variant in, in Vancouver uh, that we're starting to see more of, including here in Manitoba, uh, that is a very concerning situation. And to see it, basically a whole team like the Canucks right now taken out by this highly contagious variant, uh, I do wonder if this is not going to cause a setback and perhaps kick the ball a little further down the road than everybody anticipated. And and I, I threw out the idea that I think we may have to go into a bubble here in Canada. For the NHL. For the NHL, because you can't go into the playoffs with the possibility that a whole team gets stricken. I mean, what does that do? That, that would throw the playoffs into chaos. And I just wonder if um, if all that optimism, based on what's just happened out in BC here in the last week, uh, if, if that optimism is going to be severely tempered, which would be very unfortunate, uh, but perhaps a reality of, of the situation. So one event that will go ahead this week uh, is in Augusta, Georgia, Mike. Yes. Is that a decent I got Georgia segue? on my mind. You got Georgia on your mind. The Masters, it's the Masters week. It's, it feels weird because the last Did major we just have the Masters in golf, we would, yeah, we just... <laughs> Didn't we? I don't know. Right. Four, 14 years ago. Yeah. Sorry about the running gag there in the 14 everything's years. 14 yeah, everything's years, yeah. 14 days, you know, 14 years, right. whatever, right? You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, the Masters is this week. Um, uh, I'm kind of interested to see how that's going to play out. It's kind of interesting to see another golf event. And and, and I noticed that there was patrons. We don't yes, call them. Yes, they didn't have them, those in the fall. We don't call them fans. We no. call them Patrons. patrons. At Augusta National. The course also looks a hell of a lot nicer in mid-April than it does in, the when Azaleas, did they play it? In October? Azaleas, I think it was in November, yeah. November, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was still nice, but the course looked nothing like what it looks like in spring. I have a buddy who, uh, Derek Ingram, shout out to Derek, who's the national men's golf coach, Winnipegger. He's he's at Augusta right now. Yeah, I saw a picture of him on Twitter. What's he doing there? Well, he's Corey Connors' coach, and okay. Corey's playing in the event. So, Derek's been texting me the last couple of days videos from a guy he sent me a video yesterday of Corey on the on the first hole just teeing off a practice round we should probably have a story on this have we done a story on this before on derek being, being at the augusta i don't know if we've done a story on derek being uh, we've certainly done stories on derek and his role as as a men's coach but we and, have, yeah uh so anyways he sent me a video i often think that they add like color enhancer on the broadcast that the course can't really look as can't green. be that green he sent me this video, Steve, like, and it's just shot off his iPhone. It is as green. I mean, I was just salivating when I saw the video. I've seen he some sent green me. golf courses in my life. I think the greenest, the greenest golf course I ever saw was Kapalua in Hawaii. Right. Like it was just like yeah. so green. Lush. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then there's some greens in Arizona where you go play some of that desert golf or whatever. Right. And they must use a lot of water on those greens. And so and I think they just look so much more green yeah. because they're kind of surrounded by the desert, right? And then you have this this green that's, that's just... For sure. Yeah, super green. So uh, some breaking golf news, by the way. Tiger Woods, of more course, won't news. be playing in the Masters. That's not breaking news, Mike. However, there is some breaking news on the Tiger Woods front. The sheriff in in California is going to release the cause of his oh. crash later today. Oh, I thought they weren't going to do that. They said they weren't going to they do that. Now they are. They deferred to, they said that it's a private matter. And, but now apparently they're going to release it. Oh, and of course, as you can imagine, oh, the, the rumor mill, the speculations running wild, it could end up being something just really like, I don't know, he fell asleep or something. Well, but, let's hope that's not that's not so benign. <laughs> that right. Like, why did you fall asleep at the wheel? Right. Let's 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 just think that maybe there was a 
I don't know. He just had an accident. Right. (laughs) But the, but they've sort of now created this, um, uh, this mystery to it all. And so I, mean, I am curious to see what's get rid of. Wow. It yeah. may actually overshadow the start of the Masters now because this is going to be like the big golf news, right? Yeah. What caused the Tiger Woods crash? Right. So how, How's he doing? Have you read anything? I have not. Like the, Tiger Woods is so private seeker, yeah. right? Like locked down. His there, yacht's name is Privacy, right? It is. Yeah. There's nothing coming out about I mean, we haven't heard a peep about, is this a career ender? Like, could he ever play golf He's again? He's usually pretty good though, despite the, how private he has been over the years. He's usually pretty good though about releasing information. He is. And I do wonder as if- As far as athletes go, actually I found Tiger, yeah. Tiger's done a lot of that over the years. I yeah. do wonder if we will get some kind of medical update. But uh, for those who have been following the story, you may want to keep your uh, your eyes and ears glued later today because there'll be news about the uh, the crash. As for the Masters, uh, I'm, I'm picking Jordan Spieth to win. You got a winner, Steve? Oh man, no, I never pick a winner on anything, but especially not golf. Okay. It's too big a field. Like, anyway, like it's always somebody that wins. No, I never. Give me Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson as the runner up. Yeah, I don't like either one of those guys as golfers. They're both could they both could they be more robotic and boring? They are kind of robotic. Yeah, and so boring, I would yeah. not cheer for anybody like that. If I was going to cheer for anybody, if I was going to cheer for somebody, Mike, yeah. it would be Lee Westwood. I was just going to say Lee Westwood. Uh, some people are picking Lee. I've seen some experts or anybody. Irish. He's never won a major, right? He has not. He's one of the best golfers to never win a major. It'd be a great probably story. Probably the best. Probably golfer. the yeah, best. Yeah, It'd be a great yeah. story for Lee Westwood. So I'm I am kind of rooting. I for was him as super well. happy when. Sergio Garcia won the match. Yeah. I'm a big Garcia fan. Yeah. I like that. That's like he brings a lot to the game. Like it's like, you know, like, like it's like the Lee Trevino of the era sure. type of thing. So uh, I'm not sure that there's, is there other golfers? Like I don't like this Bryson DeChambeau. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, some guys, there's not as much personality in some of the players nowadays as there used to be, but some have it. So um, I don't, I'm not really cheer, but if I was going to cheer for anybody, it would be Lee Westwood. Yeah. All right. I'll join man, I saw a picture of him. Holy, he's 47 years old. The guy looks fit. Man. He's in wow. great shape. He Woo. is. All right, folks, we're back for the overtime session of our Jet Setra podcast. Wow. That's like radio <laughs> DJ. You used to work as a DJ. That I is. was once a DJ. For those of you who uh, didn't know that, I wrote about that in my playbook today. <laughs> Um, a you never bit. had like a cool DJ name though, right? I like, were you not. just DJ Steve? I was just Steve, I think. I'm not even, <laughs> not even DJ Steve, I don't think. Um, and you didn't spell Steve with like a Z or something? That's not a bad guy. There was a guy that trained me. Um, I worked for this company called Gary Robertson Music Services. And there was a guy who trained me to do, to work in the bars. And his name was Ed Zed. Ed Zed. Ed Zed, yeah. Was that was his last name started with a Z? Yeah, and he just yeah. That, and then he began, I like that. Yeah, yeah. And then he, it's a Z, Mike, not a Z. A Z are you well, American? Is that how they they say Z in the states and Z in Canada? You didn't know that? I I wasn't sure which was which. <laughs> I've I use both. I'll use it interchangeably. Z and Z. Yeah, do that. Mike, it's Z in Canada. Z. Is it roof a? or roof? It's roof. It's they say rough, rough in the in, States. They say rough in America. In, in America, they do. They're not in America here, Mike. Come on. <laughs> Thank God for that. Speaking of being in wicked shape, Mike's at, hit his goal. You should see the guy here. He's a shell of his former self. <laughs> he hit his goal of losing 100 pounds. How's that feel? It feels pretty good. Now, I get uh, we have a rescue dog, uh, Cassie. Bless Did you celebrate with soul. pie and ice cream? No, but you know, I celebrated. I talked about the bunny cake last week on the, uh, right. the my mom's bunny cake. I had a slice of bunny cake Good for you. the other night. Yeah, uh, and it was so good. The Smarties. Mm. 
Uh, so we have a rescue dog. She's about 90 pounds and she's not very mobile these days. She's 13. She needs help getting up the stairs and stuff. So I do get a sense on a pretty much daily basis of how much close to a hundred pounds weighs, like as I'm lifting her up and stuff. And yeah, it's hard to imagine that in 10 months, like I've got rid of. Yeah. I remember when I lost, I had lost 50 pounds, uh, and, uh, I was at a gym and a trainer told me to go over and pick up a 50 pound dumbbell right. and to and lift that up and carry that around. I was like, Oh my God. And you're like, how could this even be possible? Yeah, so you should try that at the gym. Yeah, like pick up a hundred pound dumbbell. See what you, that weighs like. Right. And you'd be like, how could I have carried this? Exactly. Like how was, how I mean, it's more evenly distributed. Right. For sure. Course, yeah. But how were my ankles not breaking like on this kind of weight? Yeah. Well, they were right. You just yeah. didn't realize it, <laughs> yeah. but, Certainly uh, but yeah, I mean, everything feels better. The joints feel better for sure. Like you know, whether it's going for walks, I mentioned last week, started going for runs. I've done, I did five runs last week, all of two miles. And by the fifth run, it was so much easier than the first and the second. So, um, and yeah, the joints feel good, which uh, at 46 is, uh, is, is nice. Uh, you lost some weight as well, Steve. I shaved off a hundred grams of beard. hundred grams. Did you <laughs> weigh it? Kidding. No, <laughs> but I thought I'd go with the hundred. How much? Would you would have had way more than a hundred grams, by the way. No. No? I don't think so. 100 grams of... Oh, yeah, maybe. I'm just equating grams like when I buy lunch meat at the store. Yeah, 100 grams maybe. isn't a whole lot, right? No. That's one-tenth of a kilogram. I shaved it off at stages, so now I'm clean-shaven. I'm completely... Uh, well, I got a little bit of stubble today, which you, is you nice. You got the baby face going um, on, yeah. Yeah, and, so um, I shaved And I've off said the this beard. to you. I said this a couple of weeks ago when you shaved the first layer down that you looked younger and thinner, and now today you look like you've dropped... 15 pounds overnight plus nice. 10 years. Well, so I got a, most people said I lost 20 years. Um, I got a, a number of emails this morning. Thanks for all of those folks. All of them were complimentary, um, saying that I looked much better without the beard and um, <laughs> much younger, much, uh, nobody said thinner, but um, they, I think, you, you know. Did you, you find anything in that beard that you were surprised by? Like something you'd misplaced maybe? No. Like a set of keys or maybe a snack not, that no, it No, I had done it in stages, remember? I <laughs> right. got it down to hardly anything. I mean the first done. stage. Like because you could have had a bird nah, in there. It was yeah, pretty no, bushy. It was pretty bushy. Um, no, it was, it was uh, I felt uh, liberated. I did it Saturday night. Right. Um, around nine o'clock. You never, you didn't have the urge. I know I've never had a professional shave done like with the straight blade and yeah, stuff have, but yeah. some people rave about that i've seen yeah. some men have said it's like it's it's like going for like a massage it's so soothing i've never had it done you had no desire to go get that no, done. no i've had that done before eh, it's no no i did it uh, myself and um it was liberating i felt like liberated you know because you know i grew this beard on a kind of a whim right right you know I, mean? I went to israel and i was yeah i went to i, I went to nazareth and the Nazarenes um, honored God right. by not cutting their hair, and by and, and so and I and I did this or whatever, and then I went for a, a long hike through uh, um, uh, the West Bank of Israel, and from a, a hike from Bethlehem to Jericho, and blah blah blah, blah. and um, and then uh, when I came back, I kind of just kept it, and then it kind of just became this thing, right? right? And and then it just and then it became this thing, like it was like this. It was always like people talking about my beard and, and I be kind of came my beard. And so it was like, I was kind of glad to get rid of that. So it was like yeah. free, you know, right. it was just kind of like, I don't need to talk. We'll, we'll have a couple of little more discussions about the beard and then it'll be gone. I'll be back to clean shaven Steve. 
But for most of my life, I was clean shaven. So right? you're so you have no plans to. It's not like you regretted it the moment you nope. shaved it. Like, oh my god, what have I done? I've nope. made a horrible mistake. No, I celebrated. I popcorn. Oh, good popcorn, <laughs> which in the past would have got stuck in the. I watched Perry Mason. Sure. By the way, just a total the tangent. new Perry Mason. Have you watched the new Perry I've, Mason? It's on my list of. I've heard it's good. Wow, I've heard it's really so good. good. Like as a kid, yeah, I, I watched loved, Perry Mason. I did. did you watch? Yeah, it? Yeah, I watched. Burr? Yeah, I watched. This, 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 it's on Crave mm-hmm. and it's, uh, Matthew Reese is the place Perry Mason and, um, and, uh, John Lithgow's in it and, um, wow, it's really, really good. And it, and it shows how you, he, he, he came back from the world war one right. and then became a private detective and then, and how he ended up becoming a lawyer, et cetera, et cetera. It's fabulous. Mike. So is it highly recommended? Is it like edge of your seat kind of like? Because I, I love a good mystery. That it's like a you know like it's like a like a nineteen twenties nineteen thirties cop, right? The, film noir kind of. Totally yeah. film noir. Thank you. Yeah. Um, very much like that. And I like um, that. Yeah, yeah, really high drama. Um, I don't know about edge of your seat, but just really really gripping and compelling and just kind of super cool. Um, because it's Perry Mason, right? right. You know what I mean, yeah. I give you credit. Uh, yeah. I was expecting Steve to send you were shaving. I thought I'd see you with like seven band aids on your face. Oh, because when I've done a full shave before, I usually make a mess of my face. Wow. My most famous one, and a buddy of mine can can attest to this. I was in Vancouver a couple of years ago. Um, it was actually just before Christmas, covering a Jets game, and. I was at the end of the long road trip and I was scruffy and I was meeting this buddy of mine that I hadn't seen him in, in a few years. So I thought I should clean myself up, went and shaved in my hotel room, absolutely like took a huge chunk out of my neck and it would not stop bleeding. I, I was trying to get it to stop. So I went and met him that day for a drink or something in the lobby of the hotel I was staying at. And I was holding like a, 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 tissue to my neck the whole time because I could not stop bleeding and I ended up I remember my Christmas photos that year I had this gouge in my because I did a horrible job of shaving wow I don't Uh, know that I've I think maybe I've nicked myself shaving once or twice in my life yeah I'm a terrible shaver like it's apparently I I would not be hired to do it somebody somebody asked me I so I shave in the shower just 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 I don't know I would think that would create more issues no it doesn't do you have a mirror to look in no well, don't you need a mirror? No, I See, don't. See, I'm looking in a mirror and I still cut myself. Yeah, I don't get it. Maybe that's the problem. No, I'm just, I'm just, you know, just standing. In the wow, that's... I just shave. Yeah, I put some soap on and I don't use any shaving cream. And um, I, is... I always use a sharp razor, though. Yeah. I mean, I use a good razor, uh, Fusion, uh, another plug. We should have a gazillion <laughs> sponsors on this, right? Lululemon, um... <laughs> Fusion. Uh, shout out to uh, your former trainer there Everybody, at the gym. Everybody, yeah. the... We should wrap this up. Jen's like going, oh my God, you guys are going long. Yeah, today. we have babbled a lot today. All right. When we're back next week, the trade deadline will be in the rear view mirror. Yeah, we'll see what the Jets do. Uh, and they'll also be near the tail end of this five-game road trip. That it's supposed to snow next week too, folks. So what? enjoy that. Say what is right. Yeah. All right. That's it. Take care, folks. Bye.